Welcome to Maximal Being, a podcast devoted to ditching fad diets and using real science to get you healthy and feeling great. I'm Doc Mock, a GI and functional medicine doctor who harnesses the power of gut health to get you achieving your goals. And I'm Jackie P, a well-informed layman who challenges the experts and asks the questions that you want. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button or leave a comment. And now, on to the show. You you talked about like the the rules we make for ourselves, right? Like calorie calorie deprivation, right? Like I think that's the biggest, most common thing we see in today's dieting world, right? A lot of folks still in that school of thought, hey, right, less in, less out. Um, and you know, I'm gonna start losing weight, right? Especially, you know, still work out and still exercise, right? But you know, Doc Mock, I know you had, I mean, a very personal experience of calorie deprivation and trying to lose weight and um you know it didn't really work out that well right yeah i mean you know in my own personal experience what you're talking about is when i was doing cardio right and pretty much everybody out there right now is listening to this on a treadmill listening to this on you know on their elliptical on their their bike uh, a lot of pop- popular bike companies right now and they're probably under eating calories. And I went through a similar thing, I want to say about 12 years ago at this point, where I was running eight miles every other day, I was eating about 1200 calories a day. And I actually am going through this exact thing with a client where, you know, he is a muscular guy, he weighs about 180 pounds, and he's five foot six. And he according to a very popular app, it was telling him to eat 1200 calories a day. By no means should he eat that, especially if he's working out five days a week. And so it's very important to determine, you know, what your actual calorie intake should be based upon your activity level, height, weight, sex, and age. But also there's more out there. It's it's quality too. It's not just a, a addition subtraction equation. It's more of a logarithmic calculation and very complex. Really? Yeah. That's what I think. Um, And we spend a lot of time rather than just being in a calorie deficit, you know, although the research does show that a small calorie deficit works for people, just working on integrating some quality foods in people, just eat a vegetable, right? If you're just (laughs) eating processed foods all the day, you know, every day, try to implement some vegetables. And you'll find that if that takes up more space on your plate, you know, you'll be full from the fiber. It'll improve your microbiome. And, and therefore, you will create crowds out the unhealthy foods. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, physiologically speaking, when you're in calorie deficit and it's too extreme, a lot of things happen in your body, right? So you're upregulating a lot of your stress response hormones and you, you know, things like cortisol get released from your adrenal glands. And we all know that prolonged exposure to cortisol leads to truncal obesity. So you gain fat around your middle. Could you yeah. say that again? That's really interesting. Yeah. So when we're dieting, we're upregulating the cortisol response. Right. So when you're in deficit, your body is in survival mode, right? Your sympathetic nervous system does upregulate in a lot of starvation sort of states. And so that also leads to a stress response, which releases cortisol, which is counteracting the effect that you're trying to to reach, which is weight loss, right? Quote unquote, weight loss, you're retaining water and you're gaining fat around the middle. You're losing muscle mass on your arms and legs. And so that's why people look like that, you know, lemon on a stick sort of appearance. 
So, you know, I think rather than just keep putting people into an extreme calorie deficit, like you said, a small calorie deficit can work or, you know, talking about more of the quality aspect than the quantity. And what, what do you think about periodically taking breaks from weight loss, like not trying to charge all the way through, um, but to you know, take a couple of weeks off every now and then? I, I mean, I, I work with people who might have 200 pounds to lose. And, yeah. and so I, I've kind of tripped over the idea, which seems to work that, when they start to have had enough of dieting, we take a break for a little while. We we work it out so they just don't gain weight, yeah. uh, and, and that seems to refuel them. And um, yeah, Jackie, yeah. feel free to interject here too. But you know, we did a deep dive. Uh, I want to say about six months ago with it with another psychologist that we we're talking to about the concept of the you know the rest day or the cheat day, right, or the cheat meal, and. And then looking at all of the research that exists in psychology journals, what we found was that you're, you know, I know that you were against that 90, 10 sort of percentage, but giving somebody a little bit of a break here and there from a psychological standpoint with up to two year follow-up in the studies does lead to more sustained. I'm not, I'm not against the percentage. Yeah. I'm against, I'm against doing it um, as a guideline without, without articulating what the 10% is. So yeah. if you want to only have chocolate on 10% of the time, you say, I'll only ever eat chocolate the last three days of the calendar month. That'll be 10% of the time. Yeah. And that way you don't have to make decisions. But I, I think the percentage in ninety ten is a good percentage. Okay, great. Thank you for clarifying that. Can I ask you yeah. another medical question or am I flipping the role too much on you? Oh, I, I love medical. So something else that's really interesting that I found was that we have a lot of experience with people who would get on a plan and after about, oh, I don't know, somewhere between five and 10 days, and it was a very regular period for each of them, they would break. And then I actually had a, a medical doctor as one of my clients, and she said, well, what happens is that you deplete the glycogen in your muscles um, when you begin to go into a deficit. And when you run out of glycogen in the muscles, then you have to switch over to burning fat and the body might cry out for food when that's the case. What, what do you think about that? So you have a very limited storage of glycogen in your muscles. In fact, you run out of majority of it. If you do some sort of moderate intensity exercise for really? 60 minutes. Yeah. Okay. On the flip side, it is exceptionally easy to replete your glycogen stores in your muscle. All it takes is one meal with a very small amount of carbohydrate, you know, as small as about 30 grams. Okay. Right? So that's like half a sweet potato. Okay. And boom, you're back in action. If you're in calorie deficit and exercising with voracity and the next day feel like you're dragging, like you're hungover, like you're tired or exceptionally hungry, it is probably because you did not replete those glycogen stores. Interesting. But I would add a caveat to that being a nerdy GI doctor. It's that you also have a tremendous amount of storage of glycogen in an organ called the liver, right? The liver is just a, a haven for glycogen. And so um, when you run out of muscle glycogen, you can utilize some glycogen in the liver. And your body does this interesting thing when you have an excess of glycogen in the form of stored carbohydrate, it'll make it a more energy efficient particle, which is fat. And so you have pathways within the liver that can convert glycogen into fat, both in the liver and, and deposit also around your middle. So 
I would say that there's an additional step there to what your colleague said. And it's that, you know, the liver acts as that gateway between fat around the middle and glycogen in the muscle. And so is there any veracity to the five to 10 day period, or that seems just like something that's spurious that she's perceiving? I think that that's one part of it, you know, but we've also talked extensively on our fasting uh, podcast in that, you know, your hunger and satiety hormones, right? Ghrelin down regulates around that time, right? Around seven to eight days is where you're reaching that kind of steady state and alleviate and you're purely at a physiologic point where hunger is, you know, uh, your body's actual need for those calories versus it being psychological, which it is most of the time. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. Well, thank you for letting me flip the tables. I, I get to talk to all these interesting people. I like to ask questions sometimes. Yeah, no, that was cool. I learned a lot. And also, i like to commend both of you for staying in the layman terms and not going too high into the medical jargon. Congratulations to both of you. Thanks. <laughs> we we but, have you here, to, you here to keep us honest, right? Yes. So, yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, I do say, uh, uh, Doc Mock, I believe we, we might be overdue for a commercial break. Um, so we're going to take a quick pause right here. Um, and in Maximal Beans will be right back. What's going on, Maximal Beans? It's Doc Mock here. Many of you are returning to the gym now, but some are not going back. Regardless of what you plan, Rogue has got the right gear to fit your needs. I personally own a barbell set and love it. The black op shorts are sweat resistant and flexible for getting deep in your squats. Head on over to MaximalBeing.com Rogue for our referral link. Order three items and they ship for free. And as usual, it's Doc Mock, and I'm here to maximize your pathway to wellness. If you're stuck at home and cannot make it to the grocery store, delivery may be the best way to stay clean and healthy. Instacart is the national leader in the direct-to-home delivery service. With numerous major chains and food from smaller stores, you can get those local veggies sent directly to your doorstep. Head on over to MaximalBean.com slash Instacart and maximize your nutrition today. Hello, 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 Maximal Beans. We are back. We are here chatting about dieting and the psychology behind eating well, stress eating, right? Binge eating, right? And why it's so prevalent. Uh, Doc Mock. Uh, had the table flipped on him by Glenn here when Glenn was shooting the questions out, which I actually kind of enjoyed. I'm not going to lie, but uh, it's my turn yeah. for questions. Okay. Dr. Glenn. <laughs> okay. Um, Bring it and on. I've got, I've got three. Um, I might have four, maybe five, but for sure I have minimum three. Uh, so the first is uh, what is your favorite exercise? Um, hot yoga. It would have been different if you asked me a couple of years ago, but I've been doing vinyasa yoga every day in a hot studio. And um, it really goes along with the um, teaching myself to activate the parasympathetic system and get into that calmer state. Um, and it, you know, tones my muscles. And I had a bad car accident 25 years ago. So there are all sorts of aches and pains that are going away. So that, that's my favorite okay. exercise. I go every day. All right. Okay. Okay. Good, good. Hot yoga. Um, I don't think we've had that one yet, Doc Mock. No, but you know, my wife was like an avid hot yoga person. Absolutely loved it. I, I would just add like one little doctor tip that we found and, and, and do a little, little digging 
does help people is make sure you replete your electrolytes. Oh, and I'm not talking sports drinks by any means. No, no, but, I know. Like, yeah, like, but trace minerals or something, you know, mm-hmm. at, at, bananas and leafy greens and things like that. Yeah, there, there's a lot of magnesium and sodium and potassium deficits in people that do hot yoga for an extended period of time. Really? You've ever gotten those okay. twitches or twinges? I, I, I've evolved to a diet that I have ridiculous volumes of um, vegetables and fruits and. Sometimes I'll be checking out at the supermarket and they'll ask me if a gorilla lives with me. Um, <laughs> so, uh, but but I'll pay more careful attention to the timing of that and make sure that it's um, afterwards. Thank you. Well, Thank you very much. All right. And uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say, I'm going to preface this. It can't be something you have directly written or contributed to, Glenn. What is your favorite health book <laughs> and um, why? <laughs> that, I, I used to get bronchitis all the time. And I eventually read a book by Dr. Joel Furman called Super Immunity, which was about the immune enhancing fast effects of greens and beans and onions and mushrooms and berries and seeds. And he essentially went over all the science and said, you should just try to get some of that every day. Um, and I stopped getting bronchitis after I did that. I, it also corresponded with when I stopped having, you know, dairy and wheat and things like that. So there were a number of different things. I don't know. You can say it was 100% causative, but I love the book and um, made a big difference to me. Okay. Okay. I think with this first one for that one too, I think Doc Mock. Um, and then this one might be interesting just because of what you do and your, your story. But what is the craziest diet that you have been on or heard of? You know, um, oh, that I've been on, I've heard of every diet out there. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, I, I don't believe we are designed to eat only meat. There are some people who believe we're designed to only eat meat. And I think our you know, digestive systems would not be set up so long and everything if, and we would be able to produce our own vitamin C and things like that if we weren't supposed to have some fruits and vegetables. So I'm going to say the carnivore diet is the craziest diet that I've ever heard of. Um, and I was dating a woman who was gravitating towards that and it drove me crazy. Okay. Okay. Doc Mock, do you have anything to say about that? Yeah. I mean, I think for certain people, they're designed slightly different. I've, I have had luck with certain patients in alleviating their GI illnesses by shifting to a carnivore diet. But, really? But yeah, and and it's not a true all, eat all meat all the time. We do implement, you know, leafy greens and different vegetables with a lot of color and a lot of shapes. I think that, you know, the rabbit starvation concept, right, uh, which you know, allow me to digress a little bit here, Jackie, if that's okay. Do your thing, do your thing. There's there's a cycle in your body called the Krebs cycle. And within that, you know, you're turning amino acids into other stuff. And there's, there's a rate limiting step within that. If you don't have a substrate to add to it, which you can get either from eating carbohydrate or eating fat. And so if you're only eating protein all the time, your body will go into this mode where it will kind of cannibalize itself and it can be life-threatening. People do go into kind of a, a shock state. And so, you know, having some sort of carbohydrate with your meat or some sort of fat within the meat is a necessity on that diet. Otherwise it is truly dangerous. 
I mean, I, I work with clients. My, my program is diet agnostic. Uh, our, our strength is helping people to stick to it as long as it's reasonable and they've got a doctor's blessing, um, then we can do that. So I've been exposed to, I, I've worked with a lot of people who do low carb, but not no carb. Um, and they seem to do fine. Um, I work with a lot of people who do whole foods, plant-based, they seem to do fine. When people get too extreme in one direction, it seems like um, they're, they're not able to sustain it. Yeah. And I, I think you bring up a great point, which is that there is an individual component to it, right? It's our genetics, it's our family and you know evolutionary background. It's the foods that we we're exposed to when we were a kid presently that influence our microbiome, all of those things together are what leads to the diet that works best for that one individual. It's not a one size fits all. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. You know, and, and I dare say, uh, you know, and Glenn, you're, you know, you have a, a, a marketing background, right? The carnivore diet literally sounds like you're a T-Rex. You're just eating the goat every day, right? You're just eating animals all day. So um, I think, you know, I thought the carnivore diet was just meat too, but you know, I guess there's, there's a balance, right? Paleo, keto, vegan, and carnivore. Maybe you've tried them all. But did you have success? Are you still doing that diet? Turns out there's not just one diet right for one particular person. By understanding how your body works and the relationship behind your body's workings and these diets, you can then approach the perfect plan for you. In the Perfect Human Diet course, we talk to you about your body's inner workings and the pros and cons of each plan. We discuss how our ancestors ate and have eaten and lay a framework to tailoring a plan that is perfect for you. To learn more about the Perfect Human Diet course, head to MaximalBeing.com courses to find out more. And as always, I'm Doc Mock, and I'm here to maximize your health. You cannot supplement your way to health, but there are things that we need to add to our lives that can maximize our pathway to wellness. The American diet is virtually devoid of omega-3 fatty acids, which play a major role in cardiovascular disease, gut permeability, and mental health. Personally, I take omega-3s every night and iHerb is the best place for clean, natural sources of supplements. I love the Zenwise Omega-3 Fatty Acid Supplement, which is free of fish burps and good for the environment. Head on over to MaximalBeing.com slash iHerb, that's I-H-E-R-B, ERB and enter the code B as in boy, D as in dog, B as in boy, 5528 and receive 10% off your orders for all supplements. Maximize your supplements with iron. Glenn, I do have a fourth question, perhaps a fifth, actually, if there's time. Sure. Um, in, in, in the little briefing, I saw uh, something and then I don't know if we have enough time for it. So it might have to be a, uh, a quick and quick and dirty minute 30. Uh, but, uh, there was something I said in an interview talking, I said, how to stop eating chocolate before you kill someone. Um, <laughs> and I don't know how much you need to unpack that, but I felt like that was something that needed to be addressed. Well, it's actually fairly easy to address because we laid the foundation. Um, overeating is a survival drive gone wrong. And it's 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 a overactivation of that emergency response system that says you really better eat something now because your life is at stake. It, it really is that serious, and that's why all your best thinking goes out the window. 
And so we're joking around when we say, just hand over the chocolate and nobody gets hurt. But it really does feel like a matter of life and death. And this is why people keep saying, I don't know why I do this. I don't know why. Well, it's because you're of two minds. You have your mind, and then you have the uh, the emergency response system's mind, the reptilian brain's mind, the pig's mind. And you need to accept that that's going to happen sometimes and prepare to defend yourself against it. So, um, so that, that that's the answer there. That's the answer there, okay. that it's a survival drive gone wrong, and it really does feel like an emergency. Okay. Well, you knocked that out one pretty quick. Now, I have another one for you. Uh, you talked about a little bit, you said, and, and always spoke about, you know, eating disorders are a different animal, right? Folks who, you know, there's, there's definitely something different than like, you know, myself who I, I am, uh, everyone knows me as a cookie monster. I, I, you know, I, I fight sugar all the time. I have an inner pig and, you know, everyone knows about me and, you know, and I could talk about my origin story of an entire case of Oreos every day or every year on my birthday, no problem. Um, but, uh, you know, you you alluded to um, in your bio like a, an alternative controversial approach to eating disorders. And if there was time, if it's not, you know, wh- well, what, what's what's controversial about this is um, most people think they should eat when they're hungry and stop when they're full and learn to be more mindful. And those are all good ideas in theory. In fact, I would encourage everybody to do that to the extent that it's possible. But we don't really live in a world where it's possible to be mindful all the time about food. We're constantly being impinged upon by screens and social media and decision makers and having to take the kids to soccer and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So it's not possible to be mindful all the time. Um, the problem with eating when you're hungry and stopping when you're full is that there are billions of dollars in industry and advertising geared to break your hungry and full meters. I mean, if it was 100,000 years ago on the savannah, I don't think we would have such a thing as an eating disorder. I, I don't think Fag was sitting around saying, oh my God, I ate too much mammoth. I, <laughs> I, I, I think that people were naturally mindful and intuitive and they could eat when they're hungry and stop when they're full. I, I find that clients need some type of external control, like external objective measures to tell them what's too much and when to eat for, for four to six months until they get a lot of the junk out of the system. Um, Doc Mock was talking a lot about down-regulating and up-regulating. What, what happens when you eat a lot of industrial food? If you have a chocolate bar every day, your pleasure system down-regulates so that after, after a month or so, the natural sugars in an apple or even a piece of lettuce, they no longer taste good. And that's why people say they just don't like fruit and vegetables. It's because they're so overstimulated that they feel like they're unable to get pleasure from anything but the supersized stimuli. If you get a lot of that out of your diet, then you've got the ability to enjoy all of these, you know, what nature has to offer and your system will upregulate and you'll, you'll be able to be more mindful and, and some people use my system to get control and they keep control for maybe six months to a year. And then they slowly back off the rules and try to replace them with more mindful things. You can also use this system to implement mindful rules. Like I'll always put my fork down between bites. I will never eat in front of a TV again, right? I won't, I won't ever eat in the car. I'll always take five deep breaths before my meal. You, you can create mindfulness supporting rules that don't take away anything. I think it's also important to understand that 
we are presenting the rules to our pigs as if they were two-year-old children because that's about what they are when it comes to food. And when my niece was two years old, I told her she could never cross the street without holding my hand. Never, ever, ever. But I was lying to her because I knew in five, six, five or six years, my sister would teach her how to do it. Um, but I lied to her anyway because it was in her best interest. And it's in our best interest to lie to our pigs. We present the rules as if they're set in stone. But as you gain experience and you learn more about nutrition and you experiment with things, you're going to want to change the rules. What you want to do is just change them with forethought and consideration, do it in writing, give yourself a 24-hour delay before you change it um, so that you know that it's not the pig doing something impulsively. And um, yeah, that's right. Yeah. You tell that pig what to do. I'm, I'm not you, talking to you, Glenn. I'm talking to the people listening. That's right. <laughs> you, you, you want to be the alpha wolf of your own mind. And when an alpha wolf is challenged for leadership, it doesn't go, oh, my goodness, someone needs a hug. This yeah. is not a nurture your inner wounded child thing. This is a game of ruthless domination. You know, you, you, the, you, tell, you, tell, you tell that thing, get, get back in line or I'll kill you. Yeah. 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 Go for the juggler. I'll make some bacon out of you, inner pig. <laughs> All right. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, listen, um, I'm out of questions. Uh, Doc Mock, any, any, any last insightful words of, of, of our wonderful discussion today? Yeah, for those of you out there starting a new year, right? Be nice to yourselves. Make healthy, sustainable choices. Rome was not built in a day. Eat real food, eat enough food. And if you can pronounce it and you don't need an advanced biochemistry degree, put it in your body. But if you cannot, that, that food is not for you. It's not really food, right? Yeah, exactly. And you heard it right from the expert here. He's, he's worked for the other side, which I feel like we could have you back just to talk about your experiences working for. Yeah. And I have to tell you, the more people gravitate towards healthy, natural foods and away from industrial foods, the better they do. And, you know, I, I'm not telling everybody they got to give up this or give up that, but. As a general principle, as you gravitate in that direction, it's easier to stop overeating. Absolutely. Can I tell them where they can get a free copy of the book? Would that be okay? Absolutely. Yeah. Where can they find you on, on, you know, on the web? Three things you will get if you go to neverbingeagain.com and click the big red button. The first one is a free copy of the book in Kindle Nocopedia format. We do have paperback and Audible, but there's a charge for those. Um, the second thing is a set of food plan starter templates. So we created a whole set of potential rules, which you'll modify for your own needs. Um, and there's one for just about any dietary philosophy you might have. So whether it's you know keto or um, point counting or calorie counting or vegan or whatever it happens to be, we've tried to put some rules together. The last one might be the most important. I know this is a weird ass interview. You're saying why? why why do you have a psychologist here who's got a pig inside of him? What's going on? I know it sounds harsh in the abstract. So I recorded a bunch of full-length coaching sessions. It's all free. And um, I want you to hear how we take people from feeling powerless and confused and hopeless and despairing about ever getting their eating under control to feeling hopeful and enthusiastic and powerful in just one session. Uh, so neverbingeagain.com, click the big red button and sign up for the reader bonus list. Thank you so much, Glenn, for that. I, I know our listeners are just going to eat that up, no pun intended. <laughs> well, uh, okay. I, 
I think we're uh, I think we're here. I think we're done. We've been speaking with Dr. Glenn Livingston. I'm going full I'm full government because we're signing off. Right. Never binge again. Check out his website. And of course, I've been chatting with the most co-hostess with the mostest, of course, now further away from me in Florida. Uh, and I am Jackie P. Um, Doc Mock, tell us, tell everyone where they can find us and how to get in touch with us. Yeah, don't forget to hit the subscribe button, leave us a comment. And if you have any questions for us or any of our wonderful guests, email us at team at maximalbeam.com. Head on over to maximalbeam.com slash courses. Our kombucha course is a great way to start the new year and make your microbiome a happy one. If you have any questions for us, um, you can get a lot of free information there as well. As always, I'm Doc Mock. I'm here with Jackie P and Dr. Glenn Livingston, and we are here to maximize your health. Just have to say this was really informative. I enjoyed this. Oh, it was such fun to have you here. It was good. Good times. What's going on, Maximal Beings? Doc Mock here. If you haven't done so already, leave us a comment and hit the subscribe button. Let your friends and family know. That way we can get the word out and continue to bash the bro science.